Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal, and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with very diverse and extremely passionate people who are also change makers and what's interesting is that they are from across the globe. My guest today is someone who is really fascinating and I can't wait to hear her story. Her name is Artusha Hamal. Artusha from Nepal, but I think she spent her formative years in India while she was studying there at school. And then she, um, I believe, has spent time in the US, is extremely spiritual, is a follower of Osho, and at some point in her life was also a radio jockey. So, I mean, you can understand when I say that she's multi- faceted and I'm really really excited for you to hear what she has to share about herself so thank you so much Artusha for joining me today thank you Pyle thank you for inviting me (laughs) how are you I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I understand you mentioned in your email that today is a holiday in uh, Nepal. Uh, Yes. Okay. So thank you for actually finding time during a a day off (laughs) to... No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting once again. I'll just thank you. (laughs) And I'll thank Radhika as well. Because that was really sweet. She reached out and I wasn't like expecting. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, Karvachot, that uh, Indian festival that uh, they have, Karvachot. So we just started our conversation with Karvachot and then it just led to this. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So some things are meant to be, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so let's start from maybe the beginning, a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're clearly from Nepal, but which part of Nepal, you know, what background on you and then how your life kind of panned out would be really, really interesting. So yeah, actually I was born in India. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, because uh, I'm from like a really small town in Nepal. And that time we didn't have like good hospitals and stuff. So yeah, my father took my mother to India. So I was born in India. But then of course, I'm like from Nepal, Nepal, you know. And then later I went to school in Nainital. And then I was just there for like uh, 13 years. And then after that, I went to US for a couple of years to study and to work. And after that, I got back here. And that's when my journey started with spirituality and everything else. Like I started exploring my life after I would say 2015, you know, before that it was always like ah, mama's girl, papa's girl and just doing what everybody else expects. What actually was there like an awakening? What, because normally it's, you know, there's a life event or there is some sort of, or maybe you've got you know, a deep rooted spiritual side to you, which only kind of projected itself when you matured. I mean, what is the, tr how, how did you get onto that track? And how did you discover Osho? All right, very, this is a very interesting question. <laughs> so basically, when I was uh, younger, I used to have dreams. I used to see a lot of dreams and uh, they were like really weird, you know, and somehow those dreams would come into reality. Not all of them, but some intense dreams would actually come to reality. And I used to tell my parents about it. And of course they would like, you know, like slap me or, you know, get mad at me. They would say like, no, she's just, you know, bluffing or she's just, she's just trying to get attention. So it started creating a lot of fear because I felt like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with me. And now I'm getting to understand that that was not the case. It, it was just like, you know, some people are born with sensitivity. They're very sensitive to dreams, maybe to, to other people's emotions. To, some people are very intuitive. We have a certain, um, words for that like clairaudience clairvoyant things like that you know like so clairvoyant people who are clairvoyant they can see things that normal people cannot like they can see your aura they can see figures and stuff that you cannot clairaudience they can hear sounds and all even spirit guide messages and stuff so i was born a clairvoyant and i used to also like see dreams of course no nobody believed it later start getting very intuitive as a kid and I used to often express, of course, I would always get into trouble. Then after that, I just started suppressing all of those emotions and dreams and intuitions. And I kept giving myself affirmations that, no, 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 this is not real. This is not me. This is just my mind trying to scare me. And this is how I started suppressing it. And after some time, like after a couple of months, it was gone. So I was like, I couldn't hear those sounds or anything as a child when I was growing up. And then it happened to be so that I had a massive, uh, I would not say massive, but like really traumatizing experiences, uh, even as a child, like my parents got separated and stuff. And I wasn't like a very good student when it came to numbers, you know, in school. 
Yeah. So yeah, so that used to create a lot of problems and there was a lot of comparisons even like with teachers and all they made me believe that I was not going to land up anywhere and uh, that I have like no role to play in this society or in this world and I always grew up thinking that okay, I am good for nothing and I have I cannot offer anything to anybody and basically just like I'm just useless. So this is how I grew up thinking all of that. And then later I went to US uh, and then I started exploring there a little bit here and there because I come from like a really patriarchal background. Parents like my entire family and also the society in Nepal is like very patriarchal. Uh, I would say a lot more uh, than India because India still has like three generation of uh, like uh, education after the independence. Nepal it's like not uh, not even two generations i would say my generation is the generation where everybody is like interested uh, into like uh, learning more and educating themselves yeah so you can see the difference right like the more educated you are you can like actually see the patriarchy and everything but here people don't so it was uh, really challenging and only after i went to us i started exploring a little bit here and there and it was to an extent where I started discovering that I I used to enjoy being a rebel. I wanted to always do things that too if uh, my heart says this is good go for it then I would go for it and actually do it and like how my father would never let me wear skirts, jeans and things like that he would just tell me to wear like you know traditional clothes so one day I just went to my wardrobe. I took out like a pair of my traditional outfit and I just chopped it off like in front of my father. <laughs> so I do things like that. Yeah. So I was like, no, you guys can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to listen, listen, you know. And then as soon as I reached the United States, I made sure that I like, go to the beach first, wear like bikini and just send him a picture. <laughs> say hey daddy look what your daughter is up to <laughs> of course I love him a lot but I wanted him to like break his conditioning you know like because he used to say oh you know my daughter you're a son to me you're a son to me so I used to always say that hey if I'm a son then you know you gotta just uh you know let me be then why you make if you're calling me a, a son and then you're putting so many restrictions like you would do to daughters in Nepal then that's not like that's that's confusing you got to pick one so so all this happened and then later of course now now, now the intense part starts okay <laughs> the intense, of course there's a lot more but it's just like um i'm just going to go to the surface because i want to uh talk more on the spiritual aspects rather than like my whatever traumas and stuff so yeah so of course, I didn't get to study what I wanted to. I wanted to do fashion designing. I didn't get to do that. I had to study business. And then after that, I got engaged as well. Of course, after the engagement, like I, it only lasted like five and a half months. And I had to like leave the person. Uh, I wasn't happy. I just left the person. Of course, there was like a, a lot of uh, issues in the house. Everybody screaming like, no, no, how could you do that? You know, it's, it's a shame to the family. And Everybody always telling me, oh, you're a shame, you're a shame, and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll take that, I'll take that, but I'm still not going to go back to that person. And then, of course, there was a lot of things I had to face when I came back home after I broke the engagement with my ex-fiancé. And, and that's he when was I, in, he was in Nepal or he was in the oh, U.S.? 
he was in the US and uh, it was very funny because I was supposed to just uh, be getting married and like I had never met him okay so I met him the first time on the day of the ceremony and we were supposed to have all the ceremonies on the same day but we had the Nepal earthquake <laughs> oh my god oh my god yeah so, so I mean unfortunate that it, there was an earthquake but fortunate yeah. for you I would say right everything's happened I was going to get to that point later on that everything that has happened in my life is like very mysterious because I don't realize at that time when it's happening I feel like oh it's such a curse but later on after a couple of months or years when I look into it I feel like wow it was like existence actually supporting me existence actually sending me help it's always been very magical maybe people will think okay she's dreaming she's just whatever she's not using logic but i'm a person who doesn't like to use too much of the mind and more of the heart and i go more with the experiences and that's what makes my life worth living you know not using the mind too much but actually feeling and just going with the flow <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely you make a lot of sense so then um moving forward you were saying you wanted to talk more about the spirituality um rather than you know the uh-huh. traumas that you may have gone through mm-hmm. so, yeah so i'm interested to hear more yeah so basically after whatever happened of course the journey started off like i went into depression for 10 years yeah and that time i was like again back to the trauma a little bit because uh, this is where it all began so basically there was a time like i was not in my senses i wouldn't know anything i didn't know anything even about myself because i was so deep into my traumas and so deep into my depression that literally people would go to my father and tell him that hey like your daughter is not going to survive and uh, it's okay don't feel bad because a tree gives a lot of fruits not just one or two and even if couple of fruits they rot and you know just fall off then don't cry so basically by that they meant they were talking about me that mm-hmm. even if your daughter yeah even if your daughter dies a man can still have more kids and it's okay let her go she's not going to survive and people kept repeating it like mantra to me every time they sat next to me and then you know i was just like sulking sulking 10 years is not short time to actually get depressed and it's a, it's like a decade you know of depression so i was just like what do i do what do i do and i was like how do i get help so first thing i tried was like i myself reached out to my parents and i said how about you take me to a rehab put me there and let's see because i'll be there uh, under medical guidance and everything with under like doctors and all maybe i'll get better we tried that option it was me who actually reached out to them and They're like okay they put me there for 5 months and then what nothing happened that's when after suffering for 10 years and actually staying in that rehab for 5 months i decided no that is it now either i rise above it or i just die and that's when we thought of an alternative except for the rehab like what's the other alternative and then somebody said go to osho ashram and of course i did not know who osho was and i was like okay no problem i'll go there I've been trying everything like my parents tried everything during that phase so I was like okay I might as well just try this as it is like uh, you know I've tried too many experiments so why not this one I went to the ashram I was I'd gone there only for 15 days and I hated it the first 15 days <laughs> and your like, parents and your parents were with you on this 
uh, only my mother. My mother, she followed because my father wanted somebody there to be with me in the ashram to take care of me. So, yeah, so I went to the ashram. 15 days, I was like shocked because I saw people like actually tripping without actually getting high on anything. No alcohol, no substance, nothing. And they're tripping like as if they're high on something like ma um, some magic mushrooms or something, you know? I don't know. Like, it was just crazy. And then I could just see that like people were crying. Like in some meditations, they would cry. They would be like screaming on top of their voices and just releasing everything. Because for the worldly people, crying means getting like being vulnerable. Getting vulnerable means you're weak. Whereas in the ashram, it was just the opposite. Crying meant divine. Tears are divine. You cry because that's you cleansing your emotions, your emotional body. We have different layers of bodies. Like just physical is what we see. But apart from the physical, like first is the physical body. Then we have the energy body, which is the ethereal body, the aura, the auric body. After that, like we have a mental body, our emotional body, then our spiritual body. So it's like tears are divine because it cleanses, you know, not just your physical body, but your other four bodies as well. And then I, I really like that concept. And why does a person get depressed? It's because they're not getting a way to express themselves, their true self, because they've suppressed their emotions out of fear, out of whatever reason it could be. They've suppressed their real emotions, their truth so deep that they just have lost in touch with who they are. And once you lose in touch uh, your, with who you are, then of course, this is bound to happen. Depression and other mental illnesses. So yeah, so it was a very you know, strange experience. The first 15 days, of course, a person who's from the outside seeing all of that people crying and you know, then next moment they start dancing like, okay, they're high on something. And then next moment they're just completely silent like, like a Buddha. You know, pin drop silence and no movement, no sound. It's like literally they're frozen. And the more and more I started observing them, I started getting uh, really fascinated. And then I asked my father that, that I just want to stay here a little longer. Let's see how it goes. My father was like, fine. And then I happened to stay in that particular ashram for 11 months. And trust me, I wasn't doing, I wasn't meditating at all the first year. I was only dancing, crying, giggling, and just making friends there. And it was wonderful. The first year. <laughs> yeah, so you were just basically um, cleansing. I mean, that's yeah. what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You found an outlet um, mm -hmm. and, and you were able to get all the su suppressed. So obviously, one, you suppressed your, your dreams when, you know, growing up because you thought it uh -huh. was wrong. And then so, so there was a lot of suppression in your life. There, there was a lot of negativity, people saying that you were mm -hmm. you know, good and all of that. So I think it all possibly culminated into you just sort of opening up, you know, like, like just opening up your heart completely. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And then, and then what happened after? After that, I was like, okay, I'm done with this ashram because I became very playful after that. I was like this little flower that was blossoming finally. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Like I felt like, okay, this is like a new life because Literally, I tried committing suicide many, many times, <laughs> but never did I uh, get successful. And I used to always wonder that other people are also trying this. How can they get successful? Why not me? And, you know, it's, it's just the best person talk, you know, which is, uh, of course, uh, when I look back into time and now I, I found the answers to it and I feel like, okay, 
it did not happen because maybe I am important. My existence in this universe is important. That's why I'm alive. That's why even if when I tried to just destroy myself completely, I wasn't successful. That means I have a purpose. I have to meet that purpose. And once I meet that purpose is when I'm going to rest in peace. Otherwise, I can try to kill myself. I can go on getting depressed for another, you know, like 50 years. I'm not going to die because <laughs> I have a purpose. And then I realized, okay, I found my purpose. My purpose is here to learn the lesson. And the lesson was to blossom no matter what. There's always a way out because we have this habit of trying to control everything. We think that things should go uh, the way we want. It's just like a sea. Sea has, uh, has like so many waves, right? And every wave wants to just follow its own whatever track. But imagine if each wave starts following their own thing, what's going to happen? What's going to yeah. happen? There's going to be a big storm. Everything's yeah. going to yeah. be over. Yeah. So yeah. So we cannot have everything according to us. We cannot control everything. So best is to just accept whatever, learn the lessons. And once you learn the lesson, then you can see beyond it. And then you can always like, you know, move forward and start something beautiful because what all these experiences in the end leaves you with is wisdom. And trust me, you, can, you will not find wisdom in books. I do not read no books. I was always against reading books because I was always told I'm like a horrible student, this, that, this, that, getting beaten up by teachers. I used to hate books. Every time they gave me a book, I used to just like not read it, not even my own course books. But how I look at it as um, wisdom in terms of like uh, when I have to talk about wisdom, I talk about experiences because that is my own wisdom. It's not borrowed from, it's not borrowed knowledge from any book or any TV series or any television or any whatever article anybody's written. It is completely mine. I own it because it is my experience and through my experiences, I learn. And then I know what I have to do next. I don't have to ask anybody. Sometimes, yes, of course, but not all the time because I know, okay, and even if, uh, if I decide something and it goes wrong, then I'll, I'll be the one who's going to be accountable for it. I'm not going to be blaming anybody, you know? And that little thing gives me so much power. Owning my own mistakes and owning my own, uh, you know, flaws. And then I realized my life is always, I've looked at it as flaws, but it is different. It is beautiful because of my flaws. And now I got to blossom like a, flower because of all these flaws yeah i'm gonna give an example like a lotus yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah. about the background sound because there's no like, it's okay you know? it's okay yeah. i mean just listening to you it, I, i'm sure the listeners can just ignore the background sound <laughs> i think it's yeah. the foreground which is more important and fascinating <laughs> so yeah no so don't worry about it yeah so basically i'm gonna give you an example like uh you uh, you uh, sow a seed uh, like suppose if it's it's the seed of a lotus and lotus does not grow in very nice gardens and stuff it needs all that dirt all that mud all that the area where it the blossoms is it's it's never good to look at what makes it uh, look good is just that flower lotus but do you see that power of the power of that seed how it just pushes through that uh, mud and then it just blossoms where there's like all dirt it blossoms there in dirt so i i just realized that yes i have to be like a lotus there is dirt which is on my traumas 
but I have to still blossom no matter what. And this is my life. And when I do that, and when I blossom, I can inspire many, many people like me. And I realize that, yes, it's, it's very easy and I don't have to do anything. What I had to do is first transform myself to whatever extent I can. And I did not keep a goal that this is what I need to meet because I knew that if I don't meet that goal because of certain circumstances, then I would just feel a little bad. Then how about just move the way life wants me to move like a river, just keep flowing and flowing and flowing wherever it takes me. And then I just started traveling a lot. I started doing a lot of groups. I started doing a lot of, you know, uh, meditations, meeting new people. Like there would be days when I would just book a room in a nice five-star hotel. There would be nights when I would sleep in the bus stand <laughs> because I would be broke. I would wait for my monthly allowance to come, from, like for my father to send me the monthly allowance because after my whatever happened, when my father wanted me to heal, he he asked me to quit my job and everything and he, he's been sponsoring me. So yeah, so I had to just wait for the next month's thing. And if I did not have that, I, I was okay sleeping even on the street and on the, uh, on the bus stand. And I never complained that time. And trust me, that was like the best time of my life because so many experiences, you cannot stay in an AC room with like nice, lavish uh, furniture and everything and expect yourself to actually be evolved. You need to step out. Just as you, you feel comfortable in a very luxurious place, you need to be comfortable and as confident in slums as well. You need to be okay sleeping there, going, meeting people, different types of people, some very uh, high maintenance, some very okay, some, some who are like, you know, even people who are like, uh, you know, those auto drivers or people on the streets begging. You meet everybody, you talk, you listen to their story and that's how you just see what, what can you pick from their story because we're all mirrors to each other, you know. We reflect there'll be something common between you and that person. It can be anything. And once you know how to just connect to that, that is it. And you start evolving because you don't have any barriers, nothing, nothing to stop you. It's just going to be flowing. And this is how I just started flowing and flowing and flowing. And things just picked up from there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where, where are you at now? What is it that, you know, you've, I mean, clearly you, you continue to evolve, right? Which is a journey that I think uh, most people would identify with. But like you rightly said, some people don't, experiences are not what matters to them and what they think is learning. Um, and I completely agree with you because that's, that's how... I think as well, you know, that it's your experiences that make you who you are. That's one. And two, like you said, you can't, you need to be able to own uh, mm. your experience. And I completely, I completely second that. And you should be able to, if it's an experience which didn't go well for you, you just have to put it behind you and say, okay, it didn't go well, but I have learned from it mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. life is as a journey is a learning it's it's like a constant learning so I completely understand you know what what you are what you believe in and um, that's very interesting and I'm sure you know my listeners would also have picked up from that I hope 
So, yeah, because it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, some, I mean, for you, it's unfortunate or maybe not that you had to go through what you did, all the traumas in your life. But, you know, in the end, you are who you are and, and you, you think life is like a river and you keep flowing. So all of it are positives. And I think that's what we need to tame and just, you know, shove the negatives under the carpet or just make them disappear. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. This is where I would like to actually correct people because this is how I used to think, avoiding the negative. You know what? If you avoid the negative, you are again suppressing. You, that's the whole idea of me being flawed and this and that and being sad about my life and getting depressed was just because I wasn't owning my negative. I need to under like see all of us need to understand that we cannot always run after positive like there's if I talk about divine masculine and divine feminine so basically what happens is now that I work like a like as a therapist a, a spiritual therapist and a healer I do tarot and stuff what I learned from my journey is uh, see we cannot always ask for the sun sun is the masculine energy we need to ask for the moon, which is the feminine energy, which is resting. So sun means the positive and moon means the negative. And it doesn't mean anything bad because even to, you know, make any machinery or toy actually work, we need a negative and a positive, right? Yeah. So if we shove the negative under the carpet, we're suppressing it, we are rejecting a part of us. And I, I rejected that all my life because of the outsiders. And when I actually started owning my negatives, that's when I found power. I found power not because of my positives, because that time I was not in that state to see anything positive because I was never told anything positive. I never heard anything positive in school because most of the time I spent in school and other places, I barely stayed with family. So yeah, you have to own your negative. You cannot reject a part of you. The moment you reject a part of you, your body will also, you know, start throwing those kind of, uh, releasing those kind of chemicals, which is very harmful. Your brain, you know, you need to, self-love does not mean I'll only love my pretty face and my pretty body. No, I need to like literally love all the things that I am not very comfortable of. It can be anything. I have to own it. It's a part of me. How can I accept half and reject half? I cannot just say, give me sun, sun. When will I rest then if I don't have the moon? I yeah. need the moon as well. As this negative and positive, all this is, you know, like we say, oh, I'm, I'm just going to switch the topic here. Like a lot of people, like they talk about feminism so much. Yeah, this is like, I really wanted to cover this. I need to just, I just want to tell the women, like, what are you fighting for? You're fighting, what are you fighting? Is it power? Is it power? Because see, we are telling men that you've tried to be powerful, whatever, whatever, and then you've suppressed the women. And then we are fighting for the same thing. Maybe not in different ways, but still the goal is, okay, we want power, okay, equality. But what I, how I look at it is there cannot be equality. Why? Because we're different. We're different. You cannot compare the sun with the moon, the moon is the moon. It has it's a specific role to play, and the sun is the sun. We need sun as uh, uh, the same way we need the moon, and vice versa. We have different roles in the society to play. We just need to accept each other's 
differences and then find a balance, strike a balance to have like a happy, healthy lifestyle and creates a nice balanced society. Because a woman, she has to bear a child and she has a greater responsibility towards the future generation, you know? Yeah. And fighting with men, it's like we are doing the same thing that they have done to us. They maligned us for years and now we are as feminists trying to do the same thing. It just doesn't make any sense. You cannot find power by reducing somebody else's power. If you want to really create equality, let men have their own power and you rise your power. Not by pulling them down or not by men actually suppressing the woman. And this is how this will only be understood if you work with your divine masculine and divine feminine because in the Hindu culture, I'm not a religious person because in spirituality, we don't have a religion. We cannot. We cannot say I'm religious this, that because the whole universe is a religion for us. Even including our own body, we look at ourselves as divine, the divine energy, the divine goddess or the divine God, however you want to call it. The whole idea is to find divine within ourselves. So Keeping that in mind, first, we have to keep our feminine and masculine side very balanced. Like in that Hindu uh, culture, we have the Artanareshwar symbol. What does that mean? It's like the union, a perfect union of the masculine energy with your feminine energy. And if I have to just split it within myself, then my masculine side is, for example, suppose I'm dating somebody and I just had a breakup and the inner child, like the woman in me is super duper hurt. Now, what I need to do is I just need to reach out to my masculine side and that masculine energy is going to comfort me, which is me actually comforting myself. The masculine energy is giving me that uh, shoulder to cry on, that strength to rise above it. And anytime I'm like super stressed and, you know, becoming a go-getter, no, I have to get it. I have to get it. I have to do this. And, you know, working myself out and not finding pleasure in, in anything because I'm working so hard and nothing satisfy, satisfies me. I don't get pleasure. I'm always working and stuff. Then I need to call out on my feminine side because my feminine side is going to give me that nurturing. It's going to give me that pleasure. Feminine is all about pleasure. It's all about calmness. It's all about resting. It's all about creating life. It's all about creativity, songs, poetry, beauty. I mean, I just call out on the feminine to keep it balanced within me. And when a person understands that the masculine is in me and the feminine is also within me, that's when you can actually strike the balance because there'll be a lot of women I've seen who'll be ranting about feminism, this, that. But in the end, it's the patriarch in them that is talking. Because women don't behave like they're not supposed to. That's not the feminine energy to behave like that. To go like literally very violent and, you know, it's like, okay, you heal your traumas then. Don't spread hatred because women, a woman is always about nurturing, loving. Then you are in your masculine energy. I'm sorry to say, but you're in your masculine energy. Maybe that, that needs a little bit of healing or that needs a little bit of your feminine to nurture it and calm it down. Yeah, I don't know if you're understanding. No, what, I uh, completely. No, no, no. I apps. I mean, I'm I'm really riveted to to what you're saying, and I I understand. No, completely. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, if it's sort of communicated like the way you have, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So there are there's a, there's a masculine in you and uh, energy and a feminine energy in you, and they need to strike a balance. Is what you're saying, right? 
Yes, and nobody needs to suppress nobody. The feminine yeah. energy doesn't need to suppress the masculine. The masculine, the, yeah. the feminine has to be hundred. The masculine has to be hundred. That's when, uh, you know, the real deal will happen. Otherwise, we can just go on and on and on because many, many feminists I see they write articles and beautiful articles to empower women, uh, a woman. But I've also something very deep i saw this like a lot of people probably will hate me if i say this but when they meet a girl who's beautiful they don't want to compliment when they meet a woman who's more confident they'll be like, okay she's doing it for attention she's doing it for this we love to talk and gossip and criticize why is that and then we talk about feminism, empower, uh, empowering women. And then we talk about uh, that sisterhood and, you know, raising the power. Oh, girl power, woman power. You cannot even compliment or smile at another woman who's doing well in her life much better than you or who looks prettier than you. You have to criticize about what, what clothing is she wearing? What is she posting on her Instagram? How she's trying to seek attention? That is okay. As long as... The attention seeking doesn't come out from a space of hurt where she feels unworthy and then she's feeling better just by the likes she's getting on Instagram. If it's a, about attention, everybody loves attention. Who doesn't want attention? You don't give your, if you have two pets, you just give attention to one and you don't give it to the other. Just see how the other person is going to react to it. It is a very basic need for not only humans, even plants. You keep Nurturing one plant and you leave the other one. No, the other plant is going to die. We all need attention. We all need love. But it's just the uh, intention. What is the intention? Is it coming out from a space of hurt and self-doubt? Or is it coming out from, okay, this is a basic need. We all need it. Let's not criticize. And we, we don't see such things. And women talk about empowerment and this and that. And then they're making fun of their own sisters, you know. And then anybody wears something and they'll be the first one criticizing. And it's just like, I, I just wonder, sometimes I just want to ask that one question that is it that you want to empower those women who are underprivileged only? Hmm. Yeah. What about the wom women who are in power already? And then you say she's doing it for attention. She's doing it for power. She's doing it for this. She's doing it for that. That means we women ourselves have made, because that's the patriarchy in us talking. We've always seen our mothers, our ancestors suffering, all the women. That's where the ancestral uh, healing is supposed to happen. You know, ancestral trauma, it passes on for generations. It passes on because it's in our DNA. It's, 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 it's just how a mother was raised by her mother and then her mother was raised by her. And we, we tend to pick up something or the other, like, the, like just like our DNA, you know, and we carry it. And that's the patriarchy. And we doing that to other women where we cannot see the other women in power. We say attention, this, that. But the poor ones, no matter what they do, oh, we need to help. We need to, you know, protest. We need to support. That's the patriarchy. If you're talking about equality, then first learn to treat every woman equal, whether it's privileged, underprivileged, whosoever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I might sound... No, I don't know. No, <laughs> just no. I, I mean, Artusha, I think you, you make so much sense in the way you, the way you communicate things and, you know, which is, yeah, I mean, it's no, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on this. And it's really fascinating to hear you talk about it all kind of in the end, it's all about balance, 
right within you mm-hmm. and that's what it really is so yeah wow that's interesting so you you mentioned that you are now doing spiritual therapy and yes so in in nepal or i mean with spiritual therapy do you really does it need to be in person or not really actually you don't need the person to be in front of you like it's sometimes like if people people are asking for distant healing like reiki or yeah. pranic healing or any other form of healing which has to do only with energy then the person doesn't need to be in front of you you can just do it from distance yeah like tarot also like usually i do tarot like uh, online i just like create this zoom meeting or you know they can book a session and then i just give it to them otherwise when it comes to like trauma therapies when they want a release and if it, it has nothing to do where i need to touch the body like there are techniques where you have to touch the body and do it but it, there are, but there are some techniques which only needs like a, i just have to give instructions and they just have to imagine stuff and uh, you know i just have to give them techniques and i'll just be sitting there online and I'll, they'll just have to be following it and it just works fine i mean there are different types see because i mean i've put my hands in different different things i'm still learning a lot of things so i've learned a lot of techniques which some are like body level some are like just to do with energy distance some you can do over the phone things like that so it's all very different hmm. so this is clearly it's your calling and you you finally found your balance and you finally found and and you're able to through your experiences you're able to actually heal people and people are able to reach out to you and connect with you which i think is is so incredible and and like you said you're still sort of learning i mean everything mm-hmm. is a learning right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah so um I'm really you know I'm really happy for you and I'm really happy Thank you <laughs> that you you found what I I don't know whether completes you as a person is the right way of putting it but uh, and correct me if I'm wrong Ah that that's okay I mean I'm not even looking for completion to be honest I'm just looking to live just like because most I don't know because just uh, before uh we started this meeting when i said i was doing my own thing and i was like 10 minutes late that was because uh, a friend reached out to me and uh, you know we were talking after years she reached out to me and she reached out to me in panic and i asked her what happened and she was talking about things like oh i feel like i want to kill myself i feel like i want to die and things like that and you know it was uh, of course very heavy for me as well and then i was like I got to go sit for this meeting and now my friend is reaching out after years you know years like literally uh, I thought she must have forgotten me or something you know because we were childhood friends and we haven't met after like uh, what 2002 and now she's reaching out to me but I still was like oh I need to help so see this is life for me when I can just help people i don't know how much to what extent i can help but just the fact that they're reaching out to me they're trusting me after so many years just that gives me satisfaction you know it's just like wow and then if even if i can like i say 100 things and they can even pick out that one word which helps them to shift the energy and see beyond what they're feeling that is it that is it that i want to live for you understand because i am myself very incomplete i myself i am working 
on looking to strike a balance and i keep making mistakes and that's how you know i can relate to other people and give them more examples because i have tried everything i've made those mistakes and you know like i can just tell them that don't do this don't do that because of the amount of mistakes i have made so there's never been like okay i need to complete it's just that i need to be there i need to keep living and i have never really worked really hard in terms of like okay i need to inspire this i need to inspire that i just do me i just do me i just do whatever comes in my head even if it looks very silly a lot of people have uh, given me tags even now like oh she's crazy she's a mad woman she's this she's that and trust me i wear it with pride because uh, this is what gives me strength that i have the courage to be myself and just do me and no matter what the others can say like whatever they can continue but just that these type of messages that i receive where people reach out to me gives me the validation itself that i am doing the right thing for my life and that inspires other people if it has to if not then you know you see and you perceive the world for who you are not for what it actually is if you are a very loving positive person you will see positivity even in the most negative thing but if you are a negative person then you're going to find some flaw or some fault even if it's done with perfection so i just look at it like that yeah wow <laughs> gosh i mean i think i've i've really learned a lot today in this i don't know if i'm making sense and all that i'm just no, talking making... just like venting and i don't know if that helped i don't know maybe your idea to invite me on your channel was maybe some other topics but i've just been like oh, no, no, no it's all about you it's all about you know what you feel what you think and yeah no and it's it's just been fascinating thank you so much i really enjoyed listening to you and i'm sure my listeners have as well and uh, some of them may want to reach out to you so uh, you know when 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 they do hear the episode thank you very much artusha thank you so and... much thanks for inviting i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um i've i've really enjoyed listening to you so so thank you and I'm 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 going to speak to Radhika and thank her for introducing us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, you have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and I'll speak to you soon. Sure, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lots and lots of love to you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Artusha's journey to where she is today is absolutely fascinating. I learned so much about her and so much from her. Her honesty and outlook towards life really makes you think deeper and look inwards. Hope there has been a takeaway from this for all of you as well, my listeners. It is my humble attempt to share stories that motivate and inspire. Until the next episode of Melting Pot, this is Pyle signing off.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.